Spread number love all over the globe. It's the Vibe Show Podcast with your boy Kano the Don. And joining us on the show today, we have a legendary guest. Man, I'm talking about <laughs> it is an honor. And uh, so it's a super honor to have this man, to get any of this man's time on this show today, man. I'm talking about the legendary one and only Mr. Philip Lamar. Oh, we gonna we gonna fill up? What are you, my mama? <laughs> How we doing today, Mr. Lamar? I'm doing good. How about yourself? Man, I'm doing I'm doing amazing. I'm just excited. And um I, I just wanna start off by uh thanking you again for me and the vibe team for actually uh taking time out of your busy, busy schedule to uh do this interview for us today. Oh, my pleasure, my pleasure. I honestly um I don't even know where to begin to be honest with you. I mean, your 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 accolades are 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 uh bad. <laughs> let's 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 okay, you're born born in Louisiana, uh, born in Los Angeles, California, correct? <laughs> I'm just I'm, I'm excited. You got to excuse me. Born in Los Angeles, California. Mm-hmm. A graduate of Harvard and Yale University. <laughs> Wow. No, no, no. My high school was named Harvard. Got you. Then I went to college uh, at Yale. Yeah, so no, it's not as impressive. Like most things in my resume, it's not as impressive as it sounds. No, I got to disagree with you on that. I'm talking about, I, I, you have pretty much um, done it all and still going hard, like in the beginning of your career. Like, it, it, it doesn't stop. And I'm so... Hey so impressed hey you can't stop if it stops i stop <laughs> i stop paying bills that's right <laughs> that's right yeah um i want to yeah, i want to i want to give the listeners um a little a little bit of background um mm-hmm. growing up in los angeles um as a kid how how did this vision and career path of yours um come to pass well see now that's the funny thing and it's the reason i don't do uh like inspirational workshops and whatnot right because this was not uh a goal it was not really something I, I dreamed of as a kid i was a bookworm i was a quiet little kid sitting in the corner reading a book wow you know uh, it's funny because I hear friends. You know, it's like I used to practice my Oscar speech. Like, man, I don't know. <laughs> I like I like movies. Used to go to the movies all the time. Right. Um, but no, I've never dreamed of being an actor until, like, uh, my junior high. They were doing a play based on a book that I loved. Hmm. So I went to audition for the play because I liked the book. Right. And there was this one little character in the very towards the end of the play that that's the part I wanted to play. But I wound up getting cast as one of the leads. Really? Instead. And the first moment I walked out on that stage, like the, the play starts with my character alone on stage doing a monologue to the audience. Wow. So it's just me in a spotlight. And it flipped a switch. And I'm like, oh, this is my place. This is where I need to be. 
Wow, and, and and you were totally comfortable, like um, you know, your first time like stepping out like that, like you were totally comfortable. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's I wasn't afraid because we had practiced, we had rehearsed. It was, you know, now we were just doing the thing that we practiced, right? You know, and yeah, actually, that's part of what it was is walking out on that stage. I could feel the audience. I couldn't see them. Right. Cause I got bad eyes, and I was out there without my glasses, so it was <laughs> it was nothing. But I could feel the energy, like 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 waves coming up over the sand, touching my feet. And when that energy struck me, instead of getting scared or like shaking or whatever, I felt like I doubled in size. I felt stronger. I felt you know I was like these people are mine. Wow. You know? And from then on, it was just like, well, you know, I mean, I went to college. Uh, I didn't, I did plays and stuff, um, but it wasn't necessarily a career. It wasn't until after I graduated when I realized, oh, I, I need to come up with what I'm going to do with my life. Right. And I was like, well, I think I'm pretty good at this. I know I like it. I might as well try and see if I can make a living at it, you know? Wow. And I, I, I guess it didn't hurt um, being out there in, in, in Los Angeles either. No, no, there were a whole lot of things. I mean, luck has been, you know, my lady in all of this, you know, because uh, I was lucky enough to get a job in high school, you know, working on this cartoon. The Mr. T cartoon. Yeah. Mr. T! You know? <laughs> right. And it wasn't very good, and I wasn't, like, trying to be a kid actor or anything, but what happened is that got me into the union. Oh. So, so six years later, when I, you know, came back to L.A. to try to actually, like, okay, let me try to do this for, for a living, I had that in my pocket. Oh, I've done, I got this union card, you know? So I could go out for real professional stuff, you know, that paid money. Right. Can can we can we stop right there for a second? How important for for our listeners? How important is the union card in this entertainment business? Um, it's it's very important, and I think more important than a lot of people nowadays realize. Um, because unions get a bad rap, you know, about oh they're just taking all our money and all this. And plus, you know, like everything in America these days, is corporations versus the rest of us. Absolutely. And and the corporations don't want unions. You know? Right. A lot of people don't realize the reason that we have weekends off, that came from unions. Come on. For real. That did not exist before unions. Wow. Overtime, all this kind of stuff. All these things that that you as a working person make a living and be comfortable all came out of that now in show business is real messed up because like youtube people can get famous without ever getting paid for a job right you know right so so a lot of people say i don't need a union you know but eventually these corporations go come up after these youtubers oh you know, i see like, where you're going hey you gotta yeah. belong to us or we gonna put you in you know the lane that got no that got no traffic or whatever. 
Right. So eventually we're all going to have to get together to protect ourselves. And that's what it's about. Right. Right. You know, but for me, as a young actor coming up in the, in the 80s and 90s, it was absolutely necessary. You couldn't make a living non-union. Right. And, 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 and with, um, with starting from that era and um, going through all of these different phases throughout the business and up until the current um, time now in the business, um, what's your take on then and now, good and bad? Well, it's funny because I just saw a buddy of mine posted something the other day. said, somebody named, you know, young, successful black actors who have never played a thug or a gangster or, you know, they, you know all the negative visions of black people. And I was like, you ain't going to find nobody over 40 to fit that list. Wow. Because anybody who started out pre-90s, that was all that was available. Really? You know? Oh, yeah. No. I, I, I was talking to somebody the other day, like, no, no. Try to imagine a time where I was auditioning for gang leader parts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, for real? And for real? And got it? Come on. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. But that's the thing. It's like, there were so few black parts. You know, you had to go for what you could get. Right. If you wanted to, if you wanted to pay your rent, and because there was so little diversity, you know, on screen and definitely behind the scenes, they couldn't tell the difference. You know, like right. they look at me like, is he really threatening? It's like, sure, look how dark he is. You know, right. I mean, they don't say that, but that's what they're thinking. Wow. You know, but now we got to a point where. There are more, so many more images of black people that, you know, we have, importantly, people have different images. Like when I came up in the, you know, the late 80s, like we were all excited when Eric LaSalle got ER. Right. He's a black doctor. <laughs> right. And a surgeon. Right. He wasn't, he wasn't a nurse. He wasn't an orderly. Wow. You know? And you know, the, it, it, it's so funny that, um... It's so funny that, that, that you say that because, um, I, you know, I'm I just looking at, at the visuals that we see now. Um, you, you do see a lot of more black people on commercials and I mean, commercials that you would never have seen right. them on. You, you, you're seeing it now. It's almost like it's, it's dominating. Well, and also, it's not just that we're seeing it. It's everybody seeing it. Because back in the day, there were black people on commercials, but those commercials were only shown during black shows. Ah, uh, okay. White people never saw us on screen. Right. Those commercials, you know, that, that wasn't a McDonald's commercial. That was a Mickey D's. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? And now, I mean, it's funny because I hear a lot of people, you know, and, and rightfully complain that we have a long way to go. But a lot of young folks don't realize how far we've come. Absolutely. You know? And although these these Trumpers are definitely showing us, you know, by pushing back, they try to push us back, you know, to 1964. I know, right? You know, like every time there's, you know, uh, a biracial couple on a, on a commercial or something, people be losing their minds online. I'm like, what the hell? Right. It was 1950s. 
six. He, uh, uh, what's his name? Harry Belafonte had a variety show. They put him on screen with a, a white woman. They put Tula Clark. The South lost their damn minds. He didn't kiss her. He was just standing next to her. <laughs> wow. And the fact that we have people in 2019 with that same mentality? Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. It, I it, mean, I guess they've always been around. Now they just got bold enough to, like, talk their, talk their mess. Yeah. Yeah. So you would definitely agree that... Um, it was it, it it was tougher um then than now in the oh, business yeah. yeah because you know it and it's funny because you if you look around uh what was it the, the last year there was a whole thing there was um some movie where oh, they cast uh, Scarlett Johansson as a character that was Japanese in the original thing and everyone was like, why did you, why you cast her? Why the white woman got to play you know, Asian? And their response was, there aren't any Asian stars big enough hmm. to be the lead in a movie like this. Right. And they're like, well, why not? Because there aren't any parts for them. You know? You play in delivery, guys. You don't jump from that to movie star. Right. You know? And it was the same thing for us in the 80s. You know, until... Some people started pushing for it and said, hey, why the number one show Friends ain't got nothing but white people in it? Right. You know? Nowadays, that can't happen. Like, if you had a, a show that's all white people, like, what, what country music channel is this mess for? Right. You know? And even then, people will be mad. Right. You know? You right. But, yeah. The fact is, we have more opportunities, more widespread, you know, and more different kinds, different visions of blackness. Right. You know, you, you know, one of the things that is great for, for us as performers is you're not just playing gang leaders or, you know, goofy something or all everybody has to be Sidney Poitier. Right. I am, a, you know, I'm a black man who is a symbol of, you know, all that is good. Right. Like now we can we can mess up. We can play gangsters and doctors. Right. Right. Lawyers. But we can't and, be on Game of Thrones unless we slaves. <laughs> right. But at, at at what point at what point did you realize how good your range was as far as being able to do different impressions? Um, different different ranges with you know with voiceovers. At, at what point did you realize that that you were extra talented in that area? Well, I mean, I've been doing impressions like back in high school. I got a part playing Humphrey Bogart in a play. Hmm. You know, I always had an ear for that kind of stuff. But it really came out um, when I was doing uh, improv in college, and then when I came back to L.A. and started taking classes at the Groundlings. I mean, for me, comedy was the way out of the box. Right. You know, because back in the 80s and 90s, that was your sometimes your only way out of the, the racial stereotyping. Right. Because sometimes they would just say, we need somebody funny for this part. Oh. And I would go in, I'd be up against 
black folks, white folks, Asian women, you know, like, you know, especially the improv people, like, they would just bring us all in, like, make us laugh, you know? Right. Because you can't, you can't deny a laugh. Nah, you can't. You know, it gets you in your gut. You know, racism's up in your head. But when you can get around that, like, I, okay, I, I mean, I, I'm not going to let him sit next to me at lunch, but that kid's great. <laughs> right. <laughs> and you are absolutely right. He's funny. <laughs> wow. But, uh, but, yeah, for me, that was, it was improv and sketch comedy because you have to do a bunch of different stuff. And so once I started doing that, um, and I did Mad TV, you know, we were doing all kinds of impressions and characters. And from there, it was just a, a skip and a jump to voiceover, where you're also doing tons of characters and sometimes impressions. And, you know, I just didn't have to get into makeup. Right. How did you land the the, the Mad TV? Because, I mean, you, you really exploded on there. And I want to tell you something funny, too, man. Um, last right. night... Um, <laughs> You know, I was going over my notes and everything, and they had an episode of you on um, with 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 Will Smith. Oh, on Fresh Prince. <laughs> I was like, "Yo, this guy's relentless, <laughs> man, working like man." And I was like, "Yo, this is so crazy!" And he's coming to he's coming. <laughs> You've really been in this game, man, for like ever. Yeah. Now that yeah, that was one of my one of my early early uh, parts because for a few years after college, you know, I struggled, you know, almost gave up. Um, but then, you know, after from doing the Groundlings and getting into the comedy lane, I started getting some parts, and I would guest star on little sitcoms, bits like that, you right. know, like playing the nerdy guy, you know, right? Um, and yeah, that was that was fun. It it was funny though to watch to see Will at the very beginning of his career and to see, you know, what he has been able to build out of that sense has just been, you know, it's inspiring. Right. Right. You know, and, and, and I, I think it's super dope that, you know, to be able to transition from a hip hop artist and like you say, to go as far as he's gone and to accomplish the mm -hmm. things that he's accomplished on screen and like, I don't think anybody's seen that. I knew that Will was 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 great, uh, just like the Martins and all this stuff. But I, I I just the range and things that he's accomplished has just been simply amazing. Well, it's because he was willing to put in the work, right? You know, I mean, because I mean, let's be honest, brother was famous before he could act. Mm -hmm. You know, but he decided I'm not just gonna skate. I'm not just gonna. Be Fresh Prince for the next 30 years. Right. Because he knew that wasn't going to work. Right. So he learned how to act. Now, I'm, I'm guessing it's a lot easier to, to get those skills going, you know, getting paid a million dollars a week or whatever. Right. But, <laughs> but the fact is, there are a lot of people who get to a certain level of success and stop. They wow. don't get better. Right. You know, and that's why you know, I look at look at his career, and it's one of the things I say to people: like, you know what, talent is great, but ambition is the number one thing you need to make it in this business. Right. You gotta want it. Right. You know, because talent's not gonna get you past every hurdle. It'll get you past a few, but that ambition, that drive, 
that gets you past the hurdles in your mind. Right. What What are you What, what are you most um, comfortable doing? I mean, your range, like I say, is is unlimited. Um, in my <laughs> eyes, no, seriously, like I mean, you're 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 one of the one of the best in the game to me. And but you know, you're so good at so many different lanes. What what lane does Phil Lamar enjoy the most? Well, you know what? It's funny you ask that because um, this is something that's, that's come up. Uh, honestly, the kind of work I love to do the most is work that's good, mm. regardless of what format mm. it is. You know, uh, a couple years ago, I did a play in a little... 99 seat theater you know but it was like some heavy drama and it was amazing like you know six of us on stage the whole time you know it was it was hard work and not a lot of people came to see it but it was some of the most rewarding stuff i've done in my career you know and pulp fiction you know i only i had maybe like five lines but i would go back and do that part over again because that script was so good you know, and there's something about the stuff that's that's quality, you know, either the quality on the page or the quality of the people you're working with. Right. That that's the part that, you know, feeds me, you know, that gets me back to that that moment on stage that first time, you know, that makes me feel stronger and more powerful. Right. You know, because you can get paid a ton of money to do some crappy. And it's hard, man. The money ain't going to make it any easier to turn, you know, crap into gold. Right. You know, but when when you're handed something that's great and they say, here, come fly with this, make it even better. That's when it feels, that's that's, that's when, you know, that's what I signed up for. Right. Right. You know, and I've been lucky enough to, you know, to have projects like that in a lot of different, you know, worlds. You know, on stage, you know, on film with, uh, you know, Samuel Jackson and John Travolta um, on TV, you know, um, in the cartoons. You know, I worked on the show Samurai Jack, which is a work of art. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And all of those things, to me, those, even though they're in different things, they're, they got more in common than, you know, like that bad children's theater play I did when I first got back to town, <laughs> you know, or some some bad movie I shot that's, you know, like oh god I don't have to I don't want everyone to watch that again. Right. Um, I, I want to uh, drift off subject sure. a minute. Um, with you, uh, I don't. Are you currently living in in, in L.A.? Mm-hmm. What after this Nipsey hustle? Um, tragic mm. event that happened. What is the atmosphere out there um, right now? Can, can can you feel it? Uh, have you felt an impact from everything that has happened? Yes, definitely with that. I mean, and it's weird, I think, because there was a time, you know, back in the, the 90s and whatnot, where we had more uh, of more violence happening, especially, you know, in, in the black community, we right. were losing people more, right. you know, not generally, you know, people at that stature, you know, but still you, you've gotten, 
you get used to it when it's when it's like that. It's like like living in a war zone. Yeah, yeah. And we haven't been in that mindset. So this is, I think, come as even more of a shock than it otherwise would. Because like, really? I thought we were. I thought we outgrew that. Right. I we okay. That. Yeah. You know, and to see that kind of that kind of madness happen, you know, and it's, and it's weird because, you know, there are. Mass, there are shootings happening in, the, in America every day. Right. But this one in particular, you know, has really just hit people in the heart. Right. You know? You, you know, the thing that that, um, that really bothers me um, a lot is a lot of the propaganda and, and, and stuff that's going on. I, you know, everybody is broadcasting about it everybody is coming with these different theories and all of this stuff and and the government and all i I just you know it's just crazy yeah oh please it's crazy now on to um i mean that's what i'm saying we could talk about so much different stuff it's like (laughs) film uh, relentless film and theater projects Video game voiceover work. Yeah. I mean, like, how's your stardom uh, floating around? I mean, you know, do you have a, a a lot of people around you when you when you actually go out in public, or you just kind of like can float how you want to float? You know, I, what I like I like to tell people I'm not famous. I'm popular. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Explain like, that to me. Like your. Um, the, the quarterback of the football team, he's popular. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. If, if if at high school, he's talking to you in the hallway, people come up to you and go, you know him? What is he talking to you about? How you know him? You know? Uh... But when he goes outside to his job at the, at the supermarket, he's just another big-ass, you know, bag boy. Right. And for me, it's like that. There are certain circles in which people... Like, heads will snap and go, oh, my God, I did it. But then there's other circles, people that don't know any of my work. Right. You know? So. Does that make me, you, does that make you feel um, any any less um, with with all of the accolades and all of your accomplishments and, and your contribution to our culture? Um, does that make you feel, in a way, at times, um, like, you're not really getting your just due or how is it for you? No, no, no. Um, I mean, to me, the work is its, is its own reward. Mm -hmm. Um, I love the fact that, you know, people watch it and like it, you know, that definitely makes it worthwhile. It's always nice to get applause. Right. But I don't, I'm not trying to, live for that right right you know you know because it's not about whether everyone out there loves me it's about whether i love my i love myself right you know and if i do good work you know and i hustle and i get another job and i'm like okay let's solve this problem you know that keeps me interested that keeps me alive you know and pays my bills then that's what that's what I'm about, um, you know. Although now that I've been doing it so long, right. there's this other element where 
you know, people come up to me, you know, it's like, I used to watch that when I was a kid, you know, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, I, I had to get out of my own way for, you know, for a minute and not dismiss that. Right. You know, I'm like, no, no, that is, this person is coming up to express something, you know, and I was a part of, you know, I also know I didn't create these shows. You know, I'm not drawing these cartoons. I'm not writing them. Right. I'm just, I'm just one part. Right. So even if I wanted to be full of ego, I couldn't be. Hmm. You know, I right. didn't make this. You know, right. I think maybe it'd be different if you're, you know, a stand-up comic. You know, where it's you alone on stage doing material you wrote, and people come up to you and say, "Oh my God, I love that." That's all you take it. Right. You know, but for me, I know I'm one part of something that somebody enjoyed, I honor that. I'm like, thank you. Thank you for watching it, because, hey, if you weren't watching it, we wouldn't be able to do it. Right. You know? And for me, you know, unless I'm, you know, with my kids eating or something, you know, I'm always going to, you know, respect somebody who approaches me, you know, respectfully. Right. And politely. You know, don't be don't be yelling at me from. Hey, what up, Matt TV? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Do it right. Right. You know, treat me. I'm, I'm not I'm not your TV set. I'm a person. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, Futurama. Um, Futurama. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. How did how did that? How did you land um, that job? Hey man, I went in there and auditioned and. It was a little bit intimidating. Really? Because, oh, yeah, because you're sitting there with the guy who created The Simpsons. Oh, you know? got you. And at this point, The Simpsons was already, you know, I think 10 years in. Yeah, <laughs> so, number one, 10 years in. Right? Yeah, and one of the most successful goes in television history back then. Yeah. You yeah. know, so like, oh, dude, uh, hey, how are you, man? You know, but I auditioned got the part and then we started working you know it was i mean that was 20 years ago uh like last week we yeah. started futurama yeah and yeah. uh you know i've been very proud of it i mean that's definitely you know a fun group of people good quality writing you know funny characters so yeah i could I could definitely do worse than have that on my resume right how you know? I always wondered, like, how's the experience? Like, what what is it like doing um, those type of shows, and um, actually doing the voices for these characters? Like, what what is what is a regular work day going in, and what does it entail? Well, for a show like Futurama, um, there's two days that you work. Um, they send you the script like on a, on a Tuesday, let's say, Wednesday you come in, everybody comes in together, and you read the script out loud. Really? Start to finish for all the writers and the producers and you know, some of the animation people so that everybody can hear it and make sure it, it works. Then Thursday they maybe do some rewrites, change some jokes that didn't work, whatever. Then Friday we all come in, all the actors come back into a recording studio and in the room together, we record the script, you know, the, the, the rewritten or whatever script, we do that, you know. And that's always fun because everybody plays, you know, 
your main character, plus you also got a couple that they throw. He's like, oh, right, we got this, uh, you know, hair robot. Phil, what voices do you think he would do? And then you just sort of like, uh, I'm a hair robot. You know, you just throw wow. something like, perfect. Do that. Yeah. You know, so it's real, it's real fun, it's playful, you know, um, and it's, especially when you got a group of people that talented. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes, you know, my boy uh, John DiMaggio, who plays Bender the Robot, they had to, actually had to buy him a pillow. What? Put on his face so his laughs wouldn't mess up other people's lines. <laughs> Come on. Because he would be laughing so hard at stuff that other folks were doing that they go, cut, John, we can hear you. Wow, because y'all all in the same room. All of that talent is just in one room, and it's like hey. if it's your turn, it's like you know you you guys are all getting the opportunity to to see the uh, to see it like right there. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing, man. You know, I always yeah. I always wanted to get into um, voice voice acting and and, mm-hmm. and like. I mean, is it any special requirements for um, myself or anybody that was thinking about um, getting into that that type of career? Yeah, a little bit. Um, I mean, first of all, it's just people. A lot of people don't get the fact that it is acting. Mm-hmm. If you if you want to pursue this, you are choosing to be an actor for a living. Right. You know, um, and. Cause, a lot of people are like, oh, it's just talking on a microphone. I talk all day. Why should I get paid for it? Right. You know, it's like, no, no, no. you got to be able to read a script, you know, come up with a character that makes that script come to life and then perform it. Now, with, uh, with um, voiceover, the trick is all you can use is your voice. Right. You know? Right. And that's sort of, uh, to me, it's a little similar to dance. Like, in order to be a dancer, you can, you know, you got to be in shape, but you don't have to have a great voice or you know, pretty face or whatever, you know. Um, but it helps. Right. <laughs> voice right. over the same way. You don't have to look a certain way. Um, don't have to actually have, you know, an amazing voice, but it helps. Right. You know, um, but it's more what you can do with it. You know, can you make your regular normal voice sound like something special, you know, at right. the drop of a hat? You know, that's the that's the key. Wow. How much and range of, do you sorry, get? I'm, I'm sorry. A lot of people get, get, get it mixed up with imitating. Like, oh, I do voice all the time. And what's up, Doc? Like, no, 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 no. Somebody already did that work. Right. Can you come up with your Bugs Bunny? Hmm. Can you come up with a new voice, a new character that people are going to respond to the way they responded to Bugs Bunny, you know, back when Mel Blanc did it back in the day? Right. That's the hard work. Wow. And actually put that stamp on it. Exactly. Well, make it alive, you know, because I see people like, you know, hey, will you listen to my demo? And it's just them imitating other people. And it's like, this is the worst thing I've ever heard. Not because you don't have a good voice, but you're not bringing the character to life. Right. You're just aping somebody else. Right. You know? Right. Do, you know, do, like my boy, my boy uh, I got a boy, Eric Bowser, who has taken over, you know, um, as a, a couple of the Looney Tunes things. And his thing is, he's playing 
you know, Bugs Bunny. He's playing Marvin the Martian. He's not imitating them. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? How, how much, like, when when doing these these gigs, how much um, creativity can you bring to it? Like, when, when they present you a script, is it just the script and it's like, okay, do what you do with it? Or we kind of got an idea of what we want it to sound like. Uh, let's see what you got. Um, well, it's a collaborative process because usually what happens is you start auditioning, you know, a little bit ahead. Um, and, you know, they say, here's a description of the character. Here's a picture of the character. What do you think that sound like? If they like what you come up with, they say, all right, come work with us. And then you work with the creator, you know, because he's got an idea in his head, you've got an idea in your head, and you try to see, you know, you give him a, something new, and he's like, oh, wait, that's better than the one in my head. And so you piece it together. Mm. Um, but by the time you get to recording, because you got to remember, animation, you know, takes nine to 12 months. It's a pipeline, you know. Really? So, wow. you know, these people will be like, I'm just going to improvise and make No, 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 no. It's a factory, man, you know. We either making sedans or we making convertibles. You can't decide halfway through to turn it into a convertible, right? Because we already made the doors. Wow. You know, so like you know, by the time they come to record us, they've got a storyboard. There's people that's you know already figuring out the timing. So you can't just go off and make up what you want. You can, if you're clever, you can add little bits to it right. and make something so good that they go, ooh. All right, no, we're gonna go back and, and redraw that because that was that was that was so golden, you know. But you can't do that with the whole thing, right? And in fact, that it becomes a bordering on disrespect. Hmm. Like you know, if somebody has worked hard on a script, right, right. hands it to you, and you go, uh, yeah, yeah. How about if I say this? They ain't gonna hire you next time. I got you. Yeah, that 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 makes a lot of sense. They would rather work with the dude who gets the script and go, oh, this is brilliant. Hey, let me, let me make it even more brilliant. Your, let me make your words work. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely get that angle. That, that angle there does sound a little bit more better because I'm, I'm sitting there imagining myself and I'm like, you know, yo, I would feel some type of way if here I have worked on this idea and I present this idea and then you just try to change my whole idea. Right? Yeah, like, that, no, that, man, that is a messed up feeling. Two weeks yeah. coming up with that joke. Say the damn joke. Yeah. You yeah. know? You're As right. opposed to, uh, no, I'm in here for an hour and a half and I just want to change everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that ain't making you no friends fast, that's for sure. Let me ask you this. Be being around um, so much animation, mm -hmm. um, when, when the, have, have you ever, like, been in the... been in the the process when they were actually creating the characters because I'm noticing like a lot of characters that they create um how much of it do they try to create the image to look sort of like the actor um not that much um it obviously it can be changed and you know I think sometimes once they get a voice back you know, if something really pops, they might sh change a design, you know, 
It's like, oh wow, he added this thing that sounds so good. What if we, what if we gave the kid big, big teeth instead? You know, that yeah. does happen. You know, because it's back and forth. It's a collaboration. But um, generally speaking, yeah, like I said before, it's a, it's a, it's a factory pipeline, and that character, you know, was designed before you did it. Although uh, there have been times where, you know, things get changed. I was actually talking to somebody about this. There was a video game uh, where they changed the character after they had recorded um, the, the, the actor. But the mistake they made, they changed the character from white to black. Oh, wow. And didn't tell the actress and didn't recast her. Just figure, all right, just, just, just the same thing. <laughs> and people <laughs> wow. lost their damn mind. Like, really? Wow. You know? And and I felt bad for that actor because, you know, I mean, I don't know if she would have auditioned if she knows, like, yeah, uh, here, you want to audition for this black woman? It's like, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. <laughs> right. And me, I'm on Twitter. Hell no. Uh, <laughs> but also, it just shows their ignorance that they think, like, no. From a performance standpoint, where she's coming from as a white woman be completely different from where somebody's coming from from a black woman. You just made her a worse actor. Right. Right. You know? Because now it makes it look like, oh, this is what she thinks a black South African woman sounds like. Right. That doesn't sound right at all. What you could, know, but, what? yeah, generally speaking, I, I, I don't know. I'm just now getting into the animation, you know, process fully for the first time i'm producing my own uh, animated show wow and and man it, it is it is a deep long laborious slow process Any names? but if we change any of the characters to look like me i'll let you know yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know i i was gonna ask you um like um who what's the best um job that you've ever um thus far from your career thus far that that you really really enjoyed and you really really proud of and what is the worst that you're like yo i, I just i didn't really enjoy it, but it was a job and you know um well let me see uh that's tough um because like i said i've been so so lucky, you know. I've gotten to work with. Awesome I don't think women. it's luck. I gotta. You know I mean, when you say that, I have to disagree with you. I don't think it's luck. I just think you're pure talent. Like you, you didn't just. You know what I'm saying? Like you can't make this stuff up. Like you, well, no, 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 you're no, no, pure no. talent. I mean, the quality is not luck. Right. Okay. But okay. But getting uh, an opportunity. Got you. There is okay. definitely a factor of luck. Okay. Got like, you. I mean, I got to work with some of my, you know, my, my childhood icons. Right. I got to do a pilot with Carol Burnett. Uh, really? To work on a show with with George Carlin. Oh, man. You know, now, nobody ever saw either one of those things because they weren't that <laughs> successful. But I got to be on set with those legends. Yeah, yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? Experience. And absorb, and watch them work and yeah. absorb that, you know. I got, you know, I didn't, like I said, I got to work, I got to see Samuel L. Jackson, like, creating that character like live on set you know wow. um 
I got to be a Jedi in Star Wars. It's, it's actually really, really difficult for me to pick, like, a favorite. Right, you. Gotcha. know, because, you know, like I said, there's some stuff that was really special to me that never saw the light of day. Then there's other stuff that's, you know, that was like Justice League cartoon, where I got to play John Stewart, Green Lantern. You know, that was a great part. Yeah, I loved and it. And I got to work with talented people. And then, you know, years later to have people come up to me and say, that has such an impact, you know. You know, I didn't even know there was a white Green Lantern. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, so that means that one, and uh, I don't know if you, you, I don't know if you were over the right age, but there's a show called Static Shock. Yeah. We did Saturday mornings. Yeah. You know, where I got to play the you know, Virgil's, you know, the static with electricity powers. And that, that Come on. me. You know? Man. That, wow. Yeah, so, I mean, like I said, I got a lot of, like, favorites. I, the worst one, though, that one I know. Um, when I first got back home to L.A., um, I auditioned for, like, some community theater play. And, again, went in for the, the little part of Billy, the black neighbor boy, <laughs> wound up getting cast in the lead. Yeah. But the lead was a dog. Are you serious? So I was crawling around on all fours in a dog suit for three weeks. Man. And it was not only that, it was the worst play I had ever read. Every day when I drove to rehearsal, I kept saying, I don't have to go. <laughs> they don't know where I live. They don't come find me. Right. They'll just have somebody else do it. Put somebody else in a dog suit. Right. You know, I seriously, every single day I wanted to turn around and go home. Wow. But I said, no, you, you took the part. You made a commitment. You got to honor your commitment, you know. And I told myself, you know what, when it's, when it's all over, you're going to look back and be, be glad you stuck it out. That's right. And then as soon as that final curtain went, we finished that last performance, so it's like, I should have turned around and went home. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, you know, man, if, if anybody... And, and include myself, if anybody was thinking about getting into that career path and you had an opportunity, we had opportunity to ask you for any type of advice, what advice would you give us? Um, well, let me see. Like, the most, see, here's the problem. Everybody has their individual path. Right. So anybody who tells you this is the way you do it is selling something. Right. Because they, if they got a book that tell you this is the key to Hollywood, that book ain't about you. Right. Wow, that, oh. that, I never thought about it like that. Wow. I mean, but there are some, you know, just sort of general things like, like, you know, you got to be able to act. You know, you can be cute and have a good look. That'll get you in the door. You know, or doing some other things, but if you can't deliver and deliver on a consistent basis and figure out your process for doing that, then eventually the bottom's going to fall out. Right. You know, 
Um, and the other thing that I that I tell people that I find is, like I said before, ambition more important than talent. But also, people say, "Oh, the hardest thing about you know, being acting must be all the rejection." It's like, no, no. You can go to a bar tonight and get rejected. That's right. You'll be okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But what it is is the not knowing. This is a business with no stability. Wow. And you have to be okay with that. You know? You meaning, get on a meaning, TV meaning show, like if you, you, you go and I'm just trying to put some definition on it for, yeah. for my listeners. Like meaning if, if you um, try it out for a part and, and they like, well, we go, okay, thank y'all. We'll get back with you. And you don't get a call. Oh, oh yeah. Well, that's, that's the other thing nobody ever tells you about. Showbiz. <laughs> they only call to say yes. Nobody ever calls to say no. Mm. Never. Like, so you, like, actually, when I auditioned for Pulp Fiction, I auditioned, didn't hear nothing for two months. Wow. And I figured, oh, shoot, I guess I didn't get it. Because you don't know. Right. Um, but, no, no, it's the, what I was, what I, what I meant was, it's, you don't, even if you, at the highest level of success, you're a temp. Tom Hanks does a movie, that movie ends. He gotta go find another job. Right. Now granted, he's got his own production company, he can find you know, give himself a job. But the thing is, there is no there's no office that you're gonna go to every day. You know? Right. And a lot of people that I've known coming up, people more talented than me, just couldn't take not knowing where their rent was coming from. Not knowing, you know, and where am I gonna be next month? You know, right? And that that get that gets in your head, and it can wear with you if you don't have a mentality where you can figure out how to be okay to, with that, how to find stability inside. Then the lack of stability outside will mess you up. Wow. That's 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 deep. But it's true. I mean, that's and, real. And you see it. You see it in a lot of different ways. Right. You know, sometimes the people who like party too much or whatever, you know, that's part of it. Yeah. They're trying to. They try not hide that. That feeling inside. Wow. What could we? What could we look for in um, the future? Any any anything um, coming up? Yeah. Me, yeah. 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 We got. Uh, we just finished. Um, well, recording, and we're waiting on the animation for a second season of this show I do with T Tyler, the creator, called The Jellies. It's this crazy, crazy cartoon oh, wow. on uh, Adult Swim. Um, also, I've uh, been working on um, uh, the new Mortal Kombat that's, uh, that's coming out later this year. I get to play Kotal Khan. So if you want to, you know, pay 60 bucks to ha have me... Uh, tear somebody's heart out for you. <laughs> I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and hopefully, um, within the next few months, my own, uh, piece, uh, Goblins, that, we, that, uh, my buddy Matt King and Terrell Hunt and I are producing, hopefully we're going to get that up and out, you know, or find up or find somebody to, to put it on the air or something. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the stuff that I've been, working on and you know hammering away at right 
Can you um can you put um your social platforms out there for oh, yeah. all of our listeners yeah. and new listeners and new fans and all that good stuff? Yeah, yo, if you wanna if you wanna see my crazy jokes or hear what's going on with me, it's at Phil Lamar. That's two L's in the middle, two R's on the end. Um, that's the same one on Instagram and on Twitter, and um, and I try to keep everything updated on uh, my website too, philamar.com, but. My kids tell me that websites are, are, are last millennium, so. <laughs> wow. But I'm going to keep it up there anyway for my mama. That's right. That's right. Man, you know, I, I need, like, you got to come back on the show to promote <laughs> anything. Yeah, you, you got to come back to promote anything and, and, and just come. You, you got to come back, man. We still got so much stuff to talk about. I know. I know. Yeah, we. We just touched on a few things. But, yes, uh, anytime. I'd be happy to. Absolutely. Um, again, um, I want to I want to just really sincerely thank you. Um, I really, really enjoy myself. Um, my emails are going crazy. Um, <laughs> man, like, seriously, people have been really, like, excited about this. And um, you coming on, you have a real, you have a lot of fans a lot that I don't I don't know if you know but you have a lot a lot and I'm just grateful to um be able to to get this interview and and, and any of your time again man I'm I'm so thankful and I really really appreciate it No no thank you Kay I mean and I'm personally grateful for you know shows like this you know that's it's been very nice of you to have me on and you know for the people out there listening you know who are fans of my work like I said if they didn't watch, I couldn't work. So thank you to you and to all of them. Absolutely. It's the Vibe Show Podcast with your boy Kano the Don, the Vibe King, and the legendary Phil Lamar. We are out of here. <laughs>